Welcome to another episode of Sawdust Nation Podcast, episode 59. Man, we're getting up there. And today we have a special guest. We have Daniel from PWNCNC. You can check him up on Instagram. We have Nick from MPG Creations, and we have Nap from Naps Naughty Works LLC. Yeah, we have an interesting episode. We're going to get dive into some CNC stuff. So if you're thinking about CNCing, if you have a CNC, it's going to be fun. But with that, let's dive into some sponsors. Let's give a huge shout out to Total Boat. They make the best epoxies and wonderful varnishes along with wood fillers, etc., etc. Check them out at Total Boat on the Big IG as well as www.totalboat.com. And for a 10% off promo code, go ahead and slide into the Sawdust Station podcast DMs on the Big IG and we will hook you up. And last but not least, we want to thank JTEC Photonics. They make the great photonics right over here in Texas, actually. Uh, Jay over there has got some amazing customer service. If you're looking for a diode laser, hit them up at JTEC Photonics on the Big IG or www.jtechphotonics.com. And with that being said, Daniel, we're so excited to have you here, man. I've been waiting for this all week. Daniel, the founder, operator, owner of PWNCNC, what's going on in your shop? Um. Not a whole lot. Just having a lot of fun out here. So, so any any projects or research <laughs> and development you got going on down there in the dungeon? or? Well, right now, see, I'm out here in the uh, three-car garage. Um, it, I've pretty much been taking over the entire garage. And right now I'm working on this uh, rat rig um, 500 by 500 by oh, 500 yeah. 3D printer. That. Yeah, so that's gigantic thing. Who makes that? Um company called Rat Rig. They're from over the pond. They also have a uh, line of... Um, CNC machines, they uh, resell open builds. Okay. Uh, what is it, the okay. Queen Bee? So what do you what do you plan on making with something hmm. that big? Well, I have, as far as CNC, I have no idea. I'll figure it out. Um, the, the initial goal was to uh, design some cosplay for my son. Oh, okay. Oh, nice. But you you definitely have like a farm or something of, I've heard, right? Oh, yes. Yes, I've got 18 uh, Perusa MK3S printers upstairs. That's that's amazing. Beautiful printers. Weird flex. Yeah. How long okay. does it take to get them? Um, oh, it took. Uh, well, it depends. I ordered them all last year. Uh, so depending on which month I ordered it, it either took me uh, one month or maybe I think the longest was about three months. Oh, wow. Yeah, they take a minute to come across the pond. Do you fulfill orders daily, or is this like? I mean, obviously your your website is is super popular. But you f- fulfill those orders on a daily basis, or is that something you do like on the weekends, or how's that work? It's it's roughly every couple of days. Okay. Um, I kind of I kind of stack them up that way. I've got at least you know like a dozen or something like that to work on. Put them all together, and then the uh, get them all ready the night before, and then my wife labels them the next day. Oh wow! Got that support from the the significant other. That's awesome. Uh, anything else notable going on in that shop you over there? Uh, let's see. Well, I just got done with, um, well, I've got a couple of interns coming in over the summer to help me, uh, uh, pack up bags and, and prepare some stuff. And they're almost done. They've got one more day tomorrow. Okay. Well, Hey, if you need a replacement interns for when they leave, let me know. All right. Uh, (laughs) it's paid position, right? No, I'm playing. (laughs) (laughs) It is actually. Yes. All right. And they get the, uh, Free reign to play with any of the toys. So they get the learning experience and all that. That's so awesome. That's so awesome. Hey, would you mind tilting your camera around so we could see the the beautiful shop you got going on there? Sure. So, let's see. Over here, I've got what, um, uh, what is that? 
a CNC for a new carve, a, what is that? A Chipunko Pro, the Millwright, the Onefinity over there. I even have a, a Work Bee way back, uh, way back there in the back. <laughs> wow. Uh, the uh, laser is right behind me. That's what that big thing is right there. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then over here on the junk pile, um, not really a junk pile, just a piled everything over there so it's not in the camera view, but um, a couple of Chipokos, the three and the four. Just a couple. Yeah. <laughs> you know, not a big deal. I've only got five CNCs in here. Yeah. So in total, how many CNCs do you have ready to go and then about to be put together? Uh, so I don't have any ready to put together. I've already put them all together. Um, the okay. most recent being the Shapoko four, uh, apparently they carbide changed the way their carriage mounts. And I had to get that mm. so that I can actually have, you know, support it. Ah. But I think I have about a uh, eight right now. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. And do you have a shortage of outlets in your garage? <laughs> I, well, not anymore. I did at the beginning of the summer. Oh, okay. Um, I actually had an electrician come in and drop a couple of new drops on every spot, like a ton of drops in there. So there's plenty of power now. Wow. That's awesome, though. That's uh, crazy. I could never dream of having eight CNC machines just hanging around the garage. And you, do you, uh, neither did I. <laughs> do you actually use those to make stuff or do you, do you just primarily use them for research and development for your new products? Uh, primarily research and development, but I try to get in there and use them for one project or another. I try to very randomly go to each one, okay. uh, depending on what I'm wanting to make, um, just so I can get the experience because each, each CNC has a slightly different experience to it. Yeah. So whenever you walk up to it, um, when you load up the tool, when you load up the, um, the software, how it runs, um, when you walk up to it, depending on whether it has a T track or threaded inserts. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the workflow is different. I hear you. I hear you on that one. Nap, you got the Shapoko, don't you? I do. I got the, uh, XXL. Okay. So he's working with that. I've got a hybrid, like T or what is it? TBD CNC and X carve right now. And Josh has, you just have all stock or you got upgrade kit coming though. Don't you? I do. Um, I'm going to be getting a upgrade kit from one of our listeners. Uh, we're working out a deal right now. So can't wait to get that upgraded. Is that for your X-Carve? Yeah, it's for the X-Carve. I just installed the X-Carve upgrade here a couple weeks ago. Um, that's actually right above my head. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's hard oh, to nice. show you there. You have it um, hanging suspended from the ceiling? I do. Oh, here, let me show goodness. you. Uh, Look at this guy. There it is oh, right there. On. Look at that. Come yeah. on, man. This isn't even <laughs> fair. He's got CNCs. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you got him on pulleys? Oh, hey, it's smart. It it was perfect whenever I first set it up. I had my uh, Shapoko XXL on there. Uh, that was my first machine, first CNC machine. Then the uh, X-Carve was my second. So And yeah, putting that up there was convenient. So so typically, we go around the room and ask what's going on in the shops today. But I think we're going to save that for a little bit later on in the episode. I, want, I mean, we're going to go right into the darn interview. This is so interesting because I don't think I've ever seen anybody with this many CNC mm-hmm. machines before. <laughs> But no. So I got to know, Daniel, where did you get your start? Because one doesn't just wake up one day with eight CNC machines, do they? No, not that I know of. No. Um, I got my start uh, with the Shapoko XXL, actually. Um, 
One day, uh, my wife and I, we were sitting there watching TV with the, with the, playing with the kids on the carpet and we were going, Hey, it'd be nice to have some signs or something like this. And I go, and I was browsing the, um, I think it came across my Facebook page or something. I forget exactly where, uh, but when I went researching, I saw that and going, Hey, that's really cool. I want to get back into woodworking. I've started slowly. I've started building up some of the things in the garage and going, Hey, I'm a technical person. I'm a computer guy. I want a computer woodworking. How do I make that happen? And C and C's were the logical choice. So how, how how long ago was that that you started on this journey? Oh gosh, so it was that uh, summer of a uh, twenty nineteen. Really, I'd, um, I've heard of your your stuff well before, obviously this interview. So and it was well before I even had a CNC machine. Yeah, I think the uh, summer was whenever I came out with my first uh, dustbin. Okay, um, late summer of twenty nineteen. When you got your CNC, you're sitting there and you're obviously using it to create these signs they were thinking of. Um, did you have a 3D printer already and already into that? Or was it kind of like, well, this is not working the way I want to. I know a 3D printer is going to allow me to create what I want. So I had a 3D printer. Um, I've okay. had it for about a year before I got the CNC machine. And okay. I j- it just sat collecting dust, basically. I printed off my couple of required toys. You know, you're supposed to print a couple of toys off Thingiverse. Yeah. I printed a couple of those and I got bored. Um, so I went back to work uh, during my day job and then uh, picked up the CNC there in the uh, spring, summer of uh, 2019 and going, this is really difficult. The clamps they sent me were horrible. Which um, was it? In my opinion, <laughs> that was the Shapoko, Okay. The XXL. Yep. The uh, They didn't really give you much. But the couple of clamps they had, um, I didn't really didn't like. And I ended up picking up the uh, Suck It Dust Boot and loved how that worked. Mm-hmm. But all the clamps were all high profile. Um, if, they, if you use your machine the wrong way, it would slam right into the clamps. Okay. Uh, mess things up. So that's actually the first product that I came out with was my lever clamps. Um, just Which so are get awesome. That. Thank you. <laughs> that's what sparked the whole PWN CNC revolution, right? Oh, yes. Yep. And then, um, so what was your day job, if you don't mind me asking? I'm in uh, cybersecurity. Okay. Oh, nice. Aside from, from that, you're like, you got to be like super smart to figure all this stuff out and innovate and and be just completely adaptive to the markets. What's the biggest trouble that you found um, with your with your products as far as innovation goes? Is there obsolete? Does it does your uh, products become obsolete after a while? And is that why what keeps driving you to to keep innovating or what? Um, I wouldn't say I'm smart. My success I've learned uh, about a decade ago. It all compiles on each other, right? So whenever I build something, I build on top of that and then build on top of that and build on top of that. And so it, by the end, it looks like I'm smart. <laughs> okay. Um, no, I was just wondering, like, basically how you you keep progressing and it does the uh, market force you to keep progressing or is it, are you ever just happy with a, f- a final version of something? I'm never happy with a final version. Uh, never. Uh, there's always something that I want to improve or something that didn't quite tweak right. Um, and oftentimes once I get a product out in the market, um, because I'm giving the models away for free and selling them, I get a lot of feedback from a different directions from makers who are printing it up and trying it out. And maybe they've, um, I've got one nice guy I talked to this morning who, uh, has a couple ideas on how to fix something that's been a little annoying, (laughs) but 
incorporating his ideas in, incorporating feedback from customers. Um, anything that's reported to me, I try to recreate it on the CNC they have so that I can understand exactly what the problem is so that I can recreate it and and find a good solution for it. And I've noticed that as the more I'm designing, you'll notice the more complicated my designs become. <laughs> so my first dust boot was literally all 3D printed and there were and I actually screwed right into the plastic and all that. And then I learned about heat inserts. So those make uh, screwing things into plastic a lot easier. Then I learned about magnets <laughs> and I learned about screws or, you know, the various types of screws and all kinds of things that I can add to it. Um, so it all kind of accumulated with customer feedback, with um, with the, the maker feedback, sharing the files, getting them out there. Feedback is number one, in my opinion. Definitely. Um, so just to show the folks on our Patreon, um, this is one of uh, Daniel's dust boots. This is the version 7. Uh, and it fits, uh, it slides right up on the DeWalt router spindle and locks right into place. Um, right up here is where the the air hose sticks in. I did mount it to the machine, but I haven't actually used it yet. I'm waiting on uh, one of my uh, Rockler sliding hanger thingies to come in so I can mm -hmm. wrap the hose over it. But the very technical term you use there, whatever they're called. But I, I plan on <laughs> I plan things. on using it this weekend, and I'm so stoked. To not to have to vacuum off my CNC bed. I haven't used a dust boot in at least two years now. That's that's where like Nick and I were different for a while there. Um, chime in that too. Uh, mm -hmm. But I was using my dust boot like you know the stock stuff they gave you, like every time as much as I could, and it, it did good. But the acrylic would break because of the bit, or it would slide out. A magnet would drop out. I tried to glue it in place. Use painters tape. You name it. And, uh, you know, it's gotten to be a, to the point where I don't even bother with it now. I just vacuum it off. But, um, you know, looking into your products, uh, I do have a 3D printer actually sits back there. Um, it's the Prusa Mini. And, uh, you know, I see the thing, uh, verse files that you have out there. And then you have the option to buy the hardware and all that too. And it's, it's great for like makers like that have the, you know, a printing capability. Um, so I'm super excited to, uh, you know, give it a go and see how that works. Um, I looked at the comments on uh, the version seven and a couple other ones, and people are loving your design mm -hmm. on there as well. Yeah, I currently have. No, now I know oh, Nap, so Nap's going to get the version seven here. <laughs> I am going to get the version seven. Yeah, I have. Uh, I think I want to say it looks like maybe the version. I would say two. Version two, where it goes behind the CNC and has the hose. Uh, I saw you. So he's got this really cool invention, and I'm sure it came from not only his own uh, innovation, but also feedback. But it's called the tube, and this thing is pretty cool because one thing that I've learned is that more the more flex hose you have, and this maybe I'm wrong, is the least suction you have. It's like it takes away from it. So he made this tube that increases that suction at least that's what i think the theory behind it is and because it doesn't like dangle behind your machine and possibly get caught on things yeah for our patrons out there dangling you know uh but i have that dust boot and i've used it for shoot almost a year now and it, it's done me well uh, i think and actually we talk quite a bit on facebook especially when i either see something that might be different or that we can make different uh for example i have uh, one of those obnoxious surfacing bits 
And Daniel actually helped me out in designing an acrylic for myself so I could actually use my dust boot with my surfacing bit because it's like an inch and a half wide or in diameter. So going through the stock acrylic was not possible. I had to take my boot off to do it. But now I can, you know, do all, you know, everything I need to do with it. But with this V7 now, and I went over Nick's place and we were just uh, chatting it up. I think I was dropping some stuff off for him because, you know, we finally finished uh, a project. And he showed me the V7 and I was like, yep, that's happening. As well as probably the tube because the tube looks awesome. Daniel, what is uh, what was the thought process behind the tube? Just so our listeners understand the whole deal. So the um, one of the biggest troubles. So the tube was invented after I invented V7 or when I was prototyping it right about the same time. Right. That's when I invented the mag lock, uh, those six magnets around the thing to hold the to hold the uh, hoses in. I really loved the idea of of when you're sitting in front of the machine and you've got your V7 there, you just pop the uh, the hose off, you run it across your bed, clean up anything that might've been missed and then put it back in and you're back to running. Mm-hmm. So in order to accomplish that with a rear mounted dust boot, I needed to make the intake, I needed to put the intake in a place that was easier to access. And that was at the top of the gantry. So I went looking and okay, what's the coolest thing I can get? Hey, acrylic. Everybody loves seeing all the dust uh, going through that little window on the V2, right? So acrylic made perfect sense. So add that in there, add some mechanism. Um, that's when I also, when I came up with the um, the ultimate hose clamp uh, where it's modular and, and you can adjust it to the size that you need. And that reaches out, grabs onto the tube, which is allowed to uh, move up and down as you're adjusting the boot up and down. Um, and then you set it into place. And then you pop your hose right on top of it, and then you're off to the races. That's awesome. So the the tube doesn't isn't compatible with the version seven, is it? No. Okay, that's what I thought. This is just for uh, version two and version three. Just clarifying, because I was about to go click buy. That's what. <laughs> <laughs> As you're talking, he's adding things to his cart. You know, saying, <laughs> "Take my money." Just just here, take it. What's that thing they do on TikTok now? They get out a card, and they're like. Yeah, yeah. Throwing it at the screen. What's your favorite CNC that you have, Daniel? Um, unfortunately, it's kind of a toss-up. I am fighting between either the Shapoko Pro or the Onefinity. Both of them are really nice machines. Whenever I was walking up and tro- showing my interns, we actually used the uh, the Pro, uh, the Shapoko Pro, because it was easier on the software side. There was no less advanced software. I could use uh, Carbide Motion and Carbide Create to easily teach them how to get started. But once you graduate beyond that, and even the Onefinity, you can use um, Carbide Create to design your your projects. For that type of machine, it's more powerful, it's stronger, stiffer. It's much nicer to use something like Vendrick Software or even CarveCo, um, one of the two. A little more advanced software. You need, to, you need more advanced knowledge on how to use CNCs. Okay, so say you were going to recommend to one of our listeners, it's their first CNC machine. Which one would you recommend of all eight that you have? <laughs> well, before you recommend one, let's do one on like the entry level. They don't want to spend a lot of money, but it, they want a good one. And then the one that has unlimited amount, just like whatever. Give me your best CNC. Um, hmm. So a lot of a lot of your choice between a CNC depends on your uh, the size you're interested in, what projects you're interested in, and what capacity you have in your shop. Right? If you've mm-hmm. got a uh, just got a workbench 
um, you're looking for something like an XL, something uh, maybe two feet deep by four feet wide, um, or even just two feet by two feet. I've got many of the smaller sizes just so I can get more machines in here. Let's see. I would probably recommend at least the, uh, of course, Onefinity's not going to like me for this. <laughs> I've chatted with him on it. Um, but I would go with the uh, Shapoko Pro. Um, nice. Fork okay. over the extra money. It is, I've got the Shapoko 4, which is almost like the Pro, but there's definitely some niceties about the Pro that are they're a little better. What's what's the biggest differences between them? The uh, The end plates. So there are four plates that hit on, on all four corners of the machine and hold the wide um, extrusions, right? Those four plates on the Shapoko 4 is uh, basically stamped steel. But on the uh, Pro, it's actually carved aluminum. So hmm. a lot better quality, Okay, in my opinion. <laughs> That's good. Learn something new. Good information. I just bought a new CNC, and <laughs> unfortunately, it wasn't those. No, I'm, I'm playing. So if... Uh, now... Back to the uh, unlimited budget. Get yourself, a, and if you have unlimited size too, get yourself a Onefinity, the Journeyman. That thing is going to be a beast. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. It's supposed to be, uh, what, 48 inches wide, I believe he said, by uh, 32 deep. Is that the, the, so, oh, wow. the spoil board? Uh, that is the bed, the actual cuttable oh, bed wow. of the machine. That's like... Yeah. That's, that's almost that's like <laughs> over three grand though, isn't it? It is, but you said unlimited yeah, budget. Yeah, yeah. So. I was just wondering for <laughs> myself. Did. I mean, shoot, I'm I might be looking at it too. I mean, I've got a nice, you know, Shapoko XXL out there now, but some rigidity would be nice. Belts aren't necessarily awesome when you start getting the deeper cuts. So mm-hmm. Yep. Well, I'm saving up for my journey, man. So <laughs> I will have one. And I'll probably have it up on the ceiling too. So <laughs> you said the pro is probably your favorite. So your three D printers. What made you pick the Prusa? I mean, I, I know why I would go Prusa, but anyone out there that might be interested in 3D printing, why pick Prusa? So when when I first started back in 2019, I had a, uh, my first printer, well, I guess years ago, was the Anycubic i3 Mega. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an all metal. It's really nice, um, especially mm-hmm. for a starter machine. Um, no fiddling. There's literally two pieces you put together and you're done. You're off to printing. And I had about, I built up about 10 of those and all of them, it basically got to the point of, I wasn't modifying anything. It was all out of the box. Um, I plug it in and plug in my files because uh, I keep them all on an SD card. I just shove them in, hit print, and I was printing production parts. Now that was great until the end of 2019. And then I started looking at the quality. So I was trying to find, okay, what, how am I going to move this from these cool designs to cool designs plus quality mm-hmm. as I was adding in magnets and all those extra features. So then I started looking at printers that were out of the box ready, something I could plug in, start hitting print and get immediately good quality prints. Plus with, um, there's a company that I get my filament from here in uh, Springdale, actually right here uh, down the street from me um, called push plastics. And mm-hmm. I buy uh, custom colors from them. They have a color matching service. It's really cool. You got to do that. But um, that way I can get my DeWalt yellow, my uh, Makita um, teal, um, all the all the other colors, right? But their print, their filament, um, I've noticed it's much better whenever it's a direct drive printer. So that defined a type of printer I needed. And of course, Perusas are direct drive printers. And the idea is the actual stepper motor that pushes the plastic through the... Uh, through the hot end is right there, right next to the hot end rather than being mounted to the machine next to it. 
Um, the uh, rat rig's also a direct drive. Oh, and the any cubic is not a direct drive. So that's when I that's when I really wanted the direct drive. I needed something better. So that's when I started looking at Prusa because Prusa is like you know top of the line on the market at the time. And uh, for the last uh, all through uh, 20, uh, 20, you know when we were all in lockdown and all that, um, I was ordering printers <laughs> from overseas. So did you get slammed during the pandemic, like with orders because of the makers movement, just the revolution? Uh, I definitely hit the wave. Yes. Okay. I I had a lot of orders. Uh, Black Friday was crazy last year. And that's actually why I got the interns. So we could bag up. I'm I'm ready for Black Friday this year. (laughs) Live and learn. Yes. So that is amazing. So with CNC's, your 3D printers, what's next? Are you taking it to another level? What's your plans for the future? Where would you like to see your company, your business go? I am looking into CNC machines. (laughs) I don't know how much I want to say on that, but I am looking into it. I don't know where it'll go. Um, I still have my day job. I still like my day job. I'm not going anywhere from there. Um, Hopefully on the 10-year plan, we'll see. Um, but if if I can make Pone and Z into something nicer and maybe eventually retire from that and devote all my time, I would absolutely love that. Um, and certainly bigger projects. I am also looking into um, um, providing a... I'm trying to find some good makers, some good quality makers of spindles because that seems to be the next thing that everybody's interested in. They want to add a spindle to their machine, either water-cooled or air-cooled. Mm-hmm. There's not much comparison between them. And many of the CNC makers don't offer spindles with their machines. Some do. What uh, X-Carve, um, I know they're with their Pro. They're the Pro, they do. They have a spindle on that. Yeah. You know, have you ventured into like extruded aluminum and all that for like upgrading certain machines? I did. So the very first upgrade I did to my uh, CNC machine, uh, my Shapoko XXL, was uh, adding an extrusions bed. And the idea was uh, it the Z. So the Shapoko XXL comes with a MDF bed. And the biggest mm-hmm. problem with it is it sinks in the middle, oh. right? So as you're using your machine, as weather happens, as the summer, I didn't have AC at the time, uh, the machine will suck, the, that MDF will suck up the moisture and just start sinking on me. Um, so I had to surface it quite a bit. Um, and I basically got tired of surfacing. So I went looking for something that would help. And that's when I came up with the, um, with the, uh, the aluminum bed. Now I've got an article, a blog article up on my website, which shows the whole story. So if I'm contradicting myself, I'm sorry. <laughs> just what I remember. But adding it on there, I ordered. I went directly to uh, 8020.net and ordered all my parts. So I paid like the premium prices for all of that upgrade. And then after buying all that, the uh, the representative, the sales rep, um, turns out he's in my neighborhood on the other oh, side wow. of the neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> so so after some conversations and, and, and some meetups and that sort of thing we decided to uh come up with this package um where it's a basically the aluminum extrusions bed and then i wrote a huge article on whatever i put mine together i just wish i you know i hadn't been into videos yet so i don't have a video install uh, installation instructions yet but yeah i've got the blog article tons of information on there do you sell that on your webpage? i do yes, yes. that's awesome 
And it's just for the Shapoko though? It is at the moment. Okay. At the moment, yes. Well, let me know when you X do the X-Card. Yeah, let me know when you do the X-Card. <laughs> I have said extrusion bed uh, waiting to be put on my machine. I, I bought it shoot some months ago, but you know how it goes. You start getting projects, and then you're like, it gets kind of pushed back. Well, said extrusion bed is sitting on the under rack right now collecting dust, and I'm ready to install it. So maybe in my infinite wisdom minus the F-bombs that will be flying and those things while installing it, uh, maybe not quite as bad because I got a couple of the extra pieces that you sent out, uh, the spacers that help do the perfect spacing for them. Maybe I'll make a video or an instructional video of some sort and we can talk about it or something. Um, and maybe you can give better commentary because you'll probably see me talking on it like I know what I'm talking about, but I'll have no idea what I'm talking about. In a world where Nat puts together his CNC. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm kind of scared. It's intimidating because it first and foremost, I'm drilling into the frame of my CNC. And then I risk the the chance of misdrilling a hole and completely effing the you know the whole situation so i'm scared if i'm to be honest i'm scared you'll be all right (laughs) nick is a nick is a cowboy when it comes to cncs like when i get something new especially really expensive i kind of like lay out the parts i look at the instructions you know i put it together i had nick come over and he's like yeah give me that that bam (laughs) he's just going through it and like you got it done real quick with this help, but uh, yeah, so I, <laughs> totally different stuff. I, I gotta say, Daniel, I I'm somewhat of an X carve uh, assembly journeyman, I guess you could say aficionado. Aficionado. Uh, I I've bought and sold uh, over two X carves now. I have one that's been Frankenstein with Luke Wilson's uh, uh, Super Z Drive ki- or Super. Uh, direct drive kit, uh, including the Z axis and all that stuff. I'm not bragging by any means. Um, uh, how weird flex bro. No. Oh, okay. But so I literally, uh, with all the components that I took off my last, you know, that, that CNC machine, I was like, I was like, man, I need a second machine because my machine went down for like three days last week. Cause I had to do maintenance on it. So I was at a work stoppage and that's bad for me because I work in the evenings on the machine, typically. So I was like, you know what? Screw you it. You should have seen them. I'm going to go buy. I bought another CNC machine, but this time I pieced it together on what I what I didn't have. La- like basically the the parts that I didn't need or that I do need left to make a whole machine. But I did get the upgrade kit, the upgraded Z-axis risers and stiffeners. For the the new for the X carve thousand millimeter, I just gotta get it. It's like shipped in like twenty different boxes from Inventable, so I gotta go because because I didn't get the kit, so it's all like in little baggies and stuff like that, coming in envelopes and stuff. I don't I don't know, but anyway, where are you gonna put it in your shop, man? Where, um, what's the plan for layout? That's a good question, and see, this is why I continue to like admire people like Daniel who find ways to innovate and 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 adapt and overcome because oh, look no. at look at how he has his raised up to the ceiling there oh, that God, is now no. that's now a, a valid option you know uh how often you know you could have <laughs> retractable legs that come down so it's sturdy but just pull it on up this there. dude this dude's gonna Nappy, you know he's gonna this. rope you into that right either Here, he's gonna rope me into help <laughs> he's gonna rope me into helping him hang it or he's gonna hang get somehow hanging himself with you know some primitive pulleys and then what's gonna happen is either anchors or something's gonna give way and it's gonna call me and say nap 
I done messed up. The CNC's in pieces. <laughs> no, I, I mean, <laughs> or just like 40 pound wall anchors into drywall is perfectly fine. No stud. There's no way that thing's going to hold 40 pounds. You may want to you may want to overdo it, <laughs> but I'll use fishing wire. It'll be the, the strong stuff. Oh, spider God. wire. You got to go with the spider wire. <laughs> Anyway, that's my. That, but hey, let's go into the what's going on in your shop segment here, uh, Josh. What's going on in your shop? So we can we can press forward here. Uh, we got plenty <laughs> more questions for Daniel. Oh yeah, we can talk all day about CNC stuff. Um, so you know, back in the shop doing some uh, projects here and there. I'm doing a, a heart that's going to be used during a marriage ceremony. I had the client come over yesterday actually. And uh, we talked over some details on it, and that's going to be completed here in a uh, well day or so. Um, they'll be married at the end of the month, so it's going to be nice. That's you a know, mistake. it's a piece that they're going <laughs> to. It's a trap, but uh, it's it's an honor. You know, they came to me for something that important to them. But yeah, it was nice. They came down. We got to work out some little fine details to kind of make it more personalized for them, and uh, they seem to be very happy with the direction we're going with it. And that's what, you know, we all agree. We're all about the client and satisfaction. So um, getting that knocked out of the park is always a big thing. Um, working on the wine cabinet. So the wine cabinet, most of everything is uh, cut and ready to go. Um, since it's so large and heavy, I haven't uh, done much more than a carcass as far as like actually permanently gluing and uh, knit brad nailing in place. Just because once I start putting together all the shelves and all the wine brackets and all that, it becomes just I, I won't be able to move it myself and that becomes a problem real fast so basically the plan is to get everything cut everything basically lined up to make sure it fits and then in one day i'm just going to go through and what i can basically install it all and that will allow me to do the trim and everything at one time basically glue up for a day or so and then I can go back and start sanding everything and painting and doing some of the details that it needs very happy with the progress with that um, getting it done and then I have a couple other projects as well. I've talked about that uh, going away gift with the wine bottle and the glasses. I will be trying to do um, some engraving on a wine glass here just to see how it turns out. They bought the wine glasses and I told them straight up. I'm like, hey, I've never done this. It might turn out really good <laughs> or it might look like a kindergarten, you know, scribbling on it. So, you know, we're going to try something new. I can't use the Glowforge, fortunately, for the glasses because they're just too thick. I'm going to have to use my diode and uh, just go low and slow or high and slow and see how that works out. So, um, for, sorry to interrupt you, Josh, but for one thing for that that I know, uh, JTEC does have a small segment on etching glass. But mm -hmm. if you put a mask or like a black, like, and I know this sounds really ridiculous, yeah. but black spray paint or something along those lines, yep. it will etch it very nice. Um, that's exactly what I was going to do. Because basically, when you're using a laser like that, I'm not going to get too far into this, but you you want to make sure it's not bouncing right back at the laser. That black masking is allowing it to cut through the actual the black masking into the actual material without that issue. So the laser beam is actually cutting the way it's supposed to versus laser. just bouncing. Laser beams. Yeah. So, I mean, I got some exciting things going on. I haven't uh, really got started on the whole uh, wine bottle crate thing ammo crate that that should be able to complete within a week so i'm not too concerned um i got some really interesting jobs coming in the uh pipe right now i got the local fire department reaching out for four plaques i guess their normal guy fell through giving me the opportunity to slide my foot in the door and be like hey here we go and then um <clears throat> there was one other project i did want to mention uh 
slipping my mind right now, but uh, it was really cool and worth talking about. <laughs> Just can't remember. Um, but with that, Nap, man, what's going on in your shop? Well, see, funny thing about the shop is you need to be in the shop. So sometimes there are days when I come home and my son decides he needs my absolute attention, which obviously, you know, that comes first. So past couple of days, it's not been as eventful as I'd like it to be. But the one thing that has been super eventful is we finally finished that huge plaque order, me and Nick from MPG Creations. It's it's done. It's finally done. And I'm literally putting bubble wrap around my plaques today and delivering tomorrow. Like bye bye. I can definitely see some gray hair on Nick from that, <laughs> that job. Well, I finished nope. first. Just saying. <laughs> um Okay, so first of all, yeah, I'm not gonna go. You might finish here. first. Never mind. Nice guys finish <laughs> last. it's okay okay. no but see what happens is when you have particular parts of those customers so there's multiple customers that are benefiting from this particular order and when you're friends with certain people that are involved in the planning process and they hey say hey nat can you add this to this and you're i've already done clear coded and you're about to go i'm like man it's only gonna take me five minutes to do but i really want to do it and i'm like screw it i'm doing it and i did it and the reason why I do it is because it's good for, it's good business to me because now they're going to come to me and get me to do something before someone else because they know I'll make sure I take care of it. Because Nap gave It really hot, wasn't that big a deal. Gave him the hot fries. Oh, man. Oh, man. Serving hot fries. That's right. That's another conversation for another time. It is good to do that for your clients. Certain clients, I don't mind doing it for. Right. But there are clients that will start taking advantage of you doing that. Um, and it's just a fine line to walk and know who to do it for. In your case, you probably knew the individual. So it was kind of like, okay, whatever, dude. But, um, I've done that with people and by the end of the project, so much has changed and, you know, kind of drifted with more details. I'm like, yeah, that's going to be another hundred dollars. And they're like, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> and I'm like, well, well, I'm not paying you, a- sir. And you're like, well, fine. <laughs> I'll keep the plaque with your name on it. I have a shovel with someone else's name on it in my my garage right now. Oh, Jesus. So in the uh, software industry, they call that scope creep. Mm. So you got to be very careful about that. Yeah. Good old scope creep. Well, I warn them. I'm like, hey, this is a charge. You know, this might happen. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're they're just not paying attention to the overall arching price. That's why when I give something, I'm like, this is an estimate. And might change based on what happens later. So, Daniel, in the software industry, uh, they have the we called said scope creep, right? Where the scope changes. Yep. After like individual increments get, I guess, tweaked over. Do you guys charge extra yep. for that? Uh, typically, okay. yes. <laughs> and many times, it's it's kind of presented at the very front, saying, "Hey, uh, this is the project. This is exactly how it's defined. We will deliver this." But if you start adding something on on top of that, it will be an additional okay. charge um, and try to make sure that it's as clear as possible. But even then, you still have that same issue, um, just like in the woodworking, where it's getting a lot bigger. Um, I know I've, I've seen so many stories about website developers and this sort of issue. Oh, yeah. Uh, and yeah, it's all about picking your customers. I have an example of this situation that just occurred to a local woodworker around me. Um, they went through a, cl- a client went through them. They wanted an L-shaped desk, and uh, so they custom made it like exactly to. They wanted a farmhouse style. They wanted, you know, white base. They wanted dark top. You know, kind of classic farmhouse style. They gave them the measurements for the room they wanted. 
delivery day, you know, the guy has to take down some doors to get it in. He gets into the room and it doesn't fit. It's exactly to the dimensions they gave him. And the client's like, why doesn't it fit? Well, this is the dimensions. This is what it is. And it doesn't fit because you didn't measure correctly. Now, some people would be like, well, maybe he should have showed up, did the measurements himself. But I don't know about you guys, but I've been presented with measurements like this before where they're like, I want it exactly like this. And I ask them a couple of times, are you sure? And we go through it that way. But long story short, um, their client, you know, we'll take it, whatever. Um, after a couple of days of the client complaining because the farmhouse style they wanted was not really what they wanted, the maker actually took it back and they worked out a deal amongst themselves. Everything was stated upfront and like agreed upon delivery day. The client wasn't happy because they didn't really know what they wanted. It probably will happen to all of us eventually at some point in time. But it's just one of those things where, like, you can only do so much for people. That almost did happen to me, though, Josh, when it comes to, like, knowing oh, yeah? people and doing jobs, especially in the, the the military training community. They hit me with those, like, hey, can you get this done by Friday? And I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Like, I can do it. It's like one or two jobs. Cool. Not a big deal. But then they go, oh, hey, by the way, can you add this and this? And I'm like, okay, hold on now. And I look at them. I, I have told somebody no before. I've literally gone and said, listen. You didn't give me enough time. You didn't give me a sketch of what you wanted. You didn't give me the full details. I cannot complete this in the time you want me to complete it. Unless you want a guaranteed piece of shoe, um, (laughs) uh, then, you know, I'm not going to make this for you. And at least for me, and I know Nick and Josh, and even Daniel, I'm sure you know, you're not going to put out a, a, a really a bad product. You just won't do that. It's bad. Bad business, period. So, but that's redirecting back. So we finished, we finished the project. Project's done. Delivering that tomorrow. Finally, thank you, God. It's done. Um, and yes, Nick finished first, but it's fine. You know. But and then I got I got that, that gun box still. I ran into a snafu, if you will, with the gun box. So hmm. what I realized is okay, I've got it on some 18-inch sliders. Cool, not a big deal. You slide it out. Okay, I've got this Kaizen phone that's gonna sit on top. Okay. If I have the locking mechanism and it's too close to that Kaizen foam, it's going to catch it. So my locking mechanism is too big. So I'm going to have to go with a smaller, like, baby gate, like, childproof thing, which it'll work because that's the purpose mm-hmm. of the safety lock is for children. So I'm going to have to redirect my design to something a little smaller than what I anticipated. I'll keep the other lock because I'll use it for a bigger gun box, like a rifle box. That'll be better suited for that. Um, but that's where I'm at with that one. I talked to the customer and said, hey, like, I, I kind of suck. I'm, I'm just trying to figure this out. I haven't done this before. They're like, no, it's not a big deal. Not in a huge rush. And I love those customers because they allow me to do a little research and development, figure things out. And then that way I can reproduce later at a faster pace. They get a better product because they allow you to do that. Yeah. And that's, again, the staple of any business is providing a quality product. And then the final thing I got going on in the shop, I'm trying to think here. Do I have anything really else going on in the shop? Oh, and just a bunch of hat presses. Like the military training instructor felt hat presses. Uh, I'm finally going to put the assembly line together, if you will, and start rocking those out. I finally got final details to finish those out. I'm using that uh, big laser that Daniel got me onto, the FL690 from old Chineseum land. And uh, it works great, uh, but I'm not going to lie to you. When I eventually get well-versed in this particular laser, I will be going to probably like an Tech or something that's a little more, uh, we'll say customer service friendly, but it, it's been good. It, it is a buy and, and you support yourself. <laughs> yeah. 
Sure so I he had me uh he had me like ninety five percent ready to pull the trigger on that laser, and then I did some research and found that I could pretty much get the same result. Obviously, it's a Chinese laser, but I could get it on Amazon, have it delivered in ten days instead of paying all the the duties and import fees and all that stuff. So obviously, mine's not a hundred watts, but it's sixty, but st- it's still pretty powerful. It's about how you use it, though. It's not about how much it is. Yeah. It's about how you use it's it. That's right. That's right. It's not about the size. <laughs> My 45 watt does plenty. <laughs> I just want to say. Might not but, be this, but it's this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That was good. But, yeah, that's all about all I got going on in my shop. Nick, what about you, bud? What oh, you got well, going on? Me and Nap from Nap's Naughty Works just finished all these plaques. Well, at least I did. How dare you? I delivered them to Nap this morning. and um, It's like a rerun. No. It is. So, honestly, that was probably, it was a good job. Uh, I would do it again, over and over again, just because uh, it was very lucrative. A lot easier than making shadow boxes, which I'm working on one right now. It's due Friday, excuse me. So, I'll, I'm pretty much done with it. I just got to put the liner in it and paste the stripes on, and then put the uh, Odie's oil on it. That's pretty much it, though. Uh I do have a couple of other odds and ends projects to do, but they're not due till the end of the month. Um, I actually, yeah, I have a Foot Locker due next week, but I'm almost done with that as well. Hey, Nick, what happened to your saw stop, bud? Oh, yeah. So I did something freaking stupid. Let me tell you. Uh, so if you have a saw stop and it's on and you touch a piece of metal to the blade uh, with, you know, you holding on to one end of that piece of metal, it's going to activate. So I was using my miter gauge and I went from 22 and a half degrees because I was cutting the, the mitered uh, frame for uh, this shadow box. And I went from 22 and a half degrees to 45 degrees. Didn't readjust the miter gauge. Didn't even think about it. I went to go push through and next thing I know, the blade's gone. I'm like, where, where the hell did it go? Didn't, <laughs> it wasn't loud. Didn't make a whole lot of noise. It shut the saw down immediately. And I was like, son of a gun. It's Saturday. So luckily, it was Saturday at like 2 o'clock. And I sat there for probably like 15 minutes, like thinking to myself, like, what the F? Like, come (laughs) on, man. Why did I do that? So fortunately, Woodcraft is 30 minutes away. I drove there, picked up a new brake. And I also got a new bandsaw blade for the big bandsaw. That's another mess up I did. I bought a... Uh, like a $60 Laguna bandsaw blade off eBay uh, that would fit, that was supposed to fit my, my saw, but it was a quarter inch too thick. Uh, so I only can fit a three quarter inch blade or uh, mm-hmm. band on my, my saw, but mine was an inch. So if you're looking for a 116 inch by full inch, and I think it's like three TPI Laguna blade, hit me up. I'll, uh, I'll give you a good price. So wait, you said you said you tripped your brake on your saw stop. I had a uh, what a Dewalt table saw, a job site table saw. And it was loud, hated it because <laughs> it was so loud. I was scared of it. Right, I got this thing, and now I'm not scared of it at all. The only thing that was worrying me is if I tripped that brake, I was expecting a gunshot to go off. But you're saying that's not it the wasn't case. Wasn't the case with me. I had I had EarPro on, so as soon as I hit it. It just dropped. It did. And so my Harvey miter gauge only took like a, a minor, minor speck of a scratch on it. It wasn't bad at all. 
I was more confused for a second, like, oh, my God, where'd the blade go? (laughs) He forgot the technology that's embedded in his own equipment. So, long story short, okay, it cost me, overall, probably cost me like 130 bucks, 140 bucks with the blade uh, and the break. But, at the end of the day, I know my, my, my saw works, and I know that I'm safe if I do end up touching my skin to it. You got all your you got all your digits, so that's right. That's right. He messaged me. He calls me. He goes, "Nap, I've I messed up, man." I'm like, "Oh no!" <laughs> yeah. So, what do you, which which model do you have there, Daniel? You have the professional or the industrial? Yeah, I got the professional, uh, just a 1.75, so I can use the 110 yeah. volts, and it's plenty for what me I too, do. Me too, man. That's all I use. That's all I use for for ripping and everything. I never had any problem with it bogging down or anything like that. So I did, I did get the industrial base. So it only takes a couple of pumps to lift the whole thing up. I thought, okay, great. I'll still pull my truck in. Uh, but my truck's been outside yeah. ever since I got it. So I got the industrial base. And ever since then, I've been a two pump chump as well, moving it around the shop anyway. So Daniel, I got a question for you. So in all yeah. of your wisdom and creating and innovating, you have eight CNC's, what is the worst mess up you've had in your shop? Oh yeah, please tell. Oh, mm. <laughs> he's like, let me get to the Rolodex here. Well, I, I know in three D printing, I've got trash bags full of failed parts and and all that stuff. But that's not really me messing up. That's the machine messing up. I think I've already burned it at the campsite. <laughs> See, I don't think I've really had any serious mess ups. I take I stuff take stuff really really slowly, and. You know, I buy that thing just because, you know, I'm a programmer. I don't want to lose any of these things. These are million dollar fingers right here. Yeah. <laughs> hey, listen, that, that's what I tell myself, too, if I was buying a nice saw like that. That's how you get the uh, significant other to buy off on the idea. Like, hey, I need to keep these. So let me go buy this awesome saw. Yeah. So I went and told my wife that uh, it saved my fingers. She doesn't know any better, but it's proof that it was a well worth spending that much money. Yes, it is. Which means I need to buy one and tell the wife I'm buying one. Hey, you know, <clears throat> it, it, if you buy now, you'll get it in three months. I'm just saying. With what's going on in Taiwan and and the and the uh, supply shortages and stuff like that, pull the trigger, man. You'll never regret it. I guarantee it. The only problem I have with this saw is it's so hard to keep that. Uh, stainless steel or not stainless steel, but the cast iron. Cast iron. Um, keep it, keep it polished. It's so Johnson hard. and Johnson's man. The baby lotion, baby oil. No, <laughs> if you go, <laughs> I've if done only. some polishing with Johnson and Johnson baby oil before, but <laughs> I'm not sure. My saw had here's the LU and then a slam dunk. No, so if you go to Home Depot, they have and you know good old box store, right? You go to Home Depot and they have these yellow containers oh, with called Johnson and Johnson's paste wax. That stuff right there. So I put that. I do like a, a every thirty days. So in my original career field weapons, we have like thirty, sixty, ninety day increments for our maintenance on the aircraft. So I literally had the mindset of, okay, well this is metal, and relating that to what I do, every thirty days you should lube your equipment essentially. So every thirty days I have my hour, hour and a half to where. I'm wiping the paste wax on all my cast iron. Um, yep, there it is right there. I get rid of any rust that might have occurred because, you know, sometimes when you have the garage door opener or open and it starts to just downpour, rust is very quick to form here if you haven't had anything rain on Wait, cast iron. Daniel's in Arizona. I don't think he has to worry about rust too much. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm actually just north of you in oh, Arkansas. Arkansas. Oh, what part of Arkansas? Uh, northwest. 
Oh, okay. I was stationed in the university. Yeah, small world. Oh, well, then you were probably stationed at the same place my father was, which is where I grew up in uh, Jacksonville, Arkansas. Yeah, down Little Rock. Yep. Hey, if you haven't checked it out yet, Daniel, check out T9 Bow Shield. It's a a spray that you can put on steel and keep it from... um, from rusting so i uh, boeing uses it that's why they call it bow shield yeah. nice it's uh i don't know i think it's kind of expensive but whatevs i i have a, i bought I, I got suckered into buying it and then when i finally got this saw i started using it and it's worked so far but uh i just need to apply it more often especially with the uh modern projects that we do in the shop to maintain our tools and whatnot it's very hard to set aside some time and you know just buff that stuff into your tools and keep it protected that's right yeah you gotta buff it but regularly hey didn't we have a question from last week that we didn't get to daniel you want to you want to help us answer a question sure i can help you answer a question so uh sam uh faithful listener that has been listening to the podcast for a while uh they said good evening gentlemen it's been a while but i've been joining the podcast right along they have two questions. Recently, they celebrated their birthday and everyone had the same idea to give them a Lowe's gift card. But now they're torn between buying a new table saw or track saw. Which would you choose? Uh, what would your shopping spree be like? So if you already had those tools, what would you buy of that um, that gift card? And then second, what's your two favorite woods to put together? Keep making saw us, Sam. Go ahead, Daniel. Honorary guest. So the question was between a track saw and what was the other one? Table saw. And if you had both of those, what would you buy instead? So I would actually start with a track saw. Um, I've actually come up with this. Once I got that thing, uh, I realized that I was thinking through exactly how I wanted to, my wood to flow through my shop. And the first thing I do, being just myself, I can't really ask for anybody um, for help. So as I go get my 4 by 8 sheets of plywood, throw it in the back of my truck, and I grabbed this uh, this little folding workbench here, brought, brought, pull it out in front of my, right behind my truck, pull a sheet out, and I immediately chop it down to, you know, smaller dimensions so is that, that I can carry it. the centipede? centipede? Oh, it man. is, yep, the That's two by nice. four. But having, having, having it cut down before I even bring it into the shop was first step one. And then, of course, uh, that thing would be step two. So table saw would be second. I would go with the track saw first. If I already have both of those, um, a drill press, I'm actually waiting for one. Um, and it keeps getting pushed back. I think I'm now waiting until April to get it, but we'll see. <laughs> what drill press did you get? Um, it being computer guy, I had to get a computer operated one. So it's the, with the Nova, um, 18 inch, um, it's, it's, you, you grab the handle and start pulling it. It immediately starts. And then you pull it down and it stops exactly where you tell it to stop. It is awesome. I've seen those before. That's a, that's a, that's a, like a big old electronic yep. head on it. Doesn't it up top? It does. Yep. Isn't there a butt? And no belts or anything like that. You can push though, that it'll automatically lower down or is that okay? Yep. <laughs> that's what you call fancy. That's fancy schmancy. I'm not. Somebody's over here like, Ooh, nope. Daniel got money. <laughs> uh, I, I waited. I waited. Uh, I, that's I've sold many boots okay. to save up for that one. So, <laughs> <laughs> Nap, man, what do you got? Uh, so I don't have a track saw, so that's what I would probably <laughs> buy, uh, honestly. But honestly, if I were to get anything, the equipment's great, 
but the hardware that goes with that equipment. So I probably buy some really good saw blades uh, mm. because I'm not. So I use like, and this is a not a shameless plug. This is just the brand names, but Diablo is what I use. But I went to Nick's and he has his prestige blade, and I'm like, I don't know why I want this, but I want this. Like it just blue. seemed like a really nice blade. <laughs> but hey, like I tell you though, that blade. If you pick up the prestige blade and you pick up a Diablo blade, one feels like a toy. And that's the Diablo blade feels so lightweight compared to the prestige blade. Blade. I don't know what it is. It may. It's, it just feels more solid. The metal. The metal. Yeah. All the metal. It's more metalier. Anyway. We're so technical. Here we are, picking each other apart. Nick, man, what'd you say? Well, so I got both. Uh, I guess I would buy. I, I wouldn't even want a Lowe's gift card nowadays. I'd want a PWNCNC gift card because. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I just bought one of the dust boots and I'm about to go back for another. So as soon as I get my second machine here coming in Um, anyway, but yeah, I I support you in that. (laughs) That's a good choice. You can trade your gift cards in. He'll take the Lowe's cards and he'll give you the, there you you, go. Do you do gift cards, Daniel? Uh, No, not yet. I, I, I've worked it out with a couple of people where I give them a discount code for the exact amount that they offered because they're giving it as a gift. Um, but I haven't found a, a good web store interface thing. Well, for then gift I'll cards just yet. take cash and I'll go spend it at Daniel's shop. Anyway, what about you, Josh? So I, I really think it depends on what kind of woodworking you're doing. So if you're working with sheet goods, yeah, tracks all make sense. Because you know what? You could break that down and, you know, you probably you really don't need to have a table saw if you're working mostly sheep goods like that. If you're doing fine woodworking where you need a table saw to do different joints and make small cuts and stuff like that, that makes sense. Um, so it really depends what style you're going on. Uh, for me and how I would work, I would go with the table saw first and then uh, use that money I generate off the table saw to buy, you know, a track saw. Um, just because of the way in the stuff I make, um, my table saw is not located in the front of my shop with the doors open. So I don't even have a foot clearance behind me or on the outfeed. So I, I couldn't break down sheet goods on it if I tried. Um, <clears throat> so it's all outside on the track saw. That being said, if I, I already have both of those, so I would use those for clamps. Uh, they have the pointy jorgas in there. I would definitely go ahead and knock some of get some cabinet clamps. Um, I think Nap brought up a great point. You know, grab some good blades or some bits. Um, something I was lacking. How much money is on these get on this gift card? I don't know. You see, they said a whole bunch. They didn't give a number. Okay. But, he just said gift um, card, so we went crazy. Yeah, it, it could be hundred dollars per gift card, and if he has a large family, there you go. <clears throat> but yeah, I, that's my answer. That was getting into what kind of wood do you like to put together, Nick? I know you're itching to get at that. I like uh, walnut and. Uh, Oh, I'm excited. Yep. How about you, Daniel? Um, I have a great hardwood dealer down the street, and they have wonderful maple. Uh, beautiful maple. I I can't beat them. <laughs> so what is it? Is it? It's not Dakota hardwoods, is it? No, it's um, it's a local place. Um, the name's escaping me right now. <laughs> All right, Josh. How about you? Um, I probably would go with walnut. Walnut. He's a double walnut kind of guy. What about you, Nap? Show us your wood. Oh, let me show you my wood. Now, so honestly, I uh, recently started working with Padoak. If that's how you even say it, most people do the crap because I say it wrong or whatever. Padoak, Padoak, Paddock, whatever. Tomato, tomato. 
who cares? Um, but recently got commissioned for a possible cutting board, and I want to actually put. They're gonna have me put padauk and walnut together with this uh, accent of maple. Mm. Now that I know there's That's some, some things, I know it's not two woods, but all three of those I think look really nice. What together. kind of accent? The Polish one? Yeah, a Polish. <laughs> accent. Thanks. We got a funny guy. Hey, wait, wait. That's a we got a funny yeah. guy. <laughs> oh, well. Well, that was an enlightening question and answer session. Let's wrap it up. Wrap it on up. Headed right into the sponsors. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, uh, if you like tonight's episode, you can go ahead and thank Total Boat Epoxy. They uh they they have it, they have the epoxy, they have the Halcyon, they have the the all the the good wood filler. Uh, and pigments now too. So check them out at Total Boat on the Big IG or TotalBoat.com on the World Wide Web. And next up, if you want to thank JTEC Photonics, go buy a laser. Go buy the JTEC 7.0 or the JTEC Pro. Uh, mm. If you have that CNC platform already, uh, Jay over there has everything from mounts to full kits for you to set up that that uh, diode laser on your machine. So check them out at at JTech Photonics or at uh, www.jtechphotonics.com. And um, last but not least, I want to thank our patrons, every last one of y'all's. You guys are the ones that brought Daniel here from PWCC or excuse me, PWNCNC. Uh, if we didn't have the patrons, we wouldn't have the podcast. And if we didn't have the podcast, we wouldn't have had Daniel on. So thank you so much for all your support. And if you want to get a hold of us, check out Josh. Josh, you ready? I am ready. So if you want to get a hold of us, you can get a hold of Nap from Nap's Nutty Works, LLC. Make sure you type the LLC in. On Instagram, we have Nick from MPG Creations. My God, look at that stash. And then, of course, you got to check out Daniel from PWNCNC on Instagram. And he does have a website, too. So, and that is right on his site. You can click on that and it's easy to find. And then myself, Josh from North Country Woodworking on Instagram. Now, the podcast has Instagram page too. It's Sawdust Nation Podcast. And uh, you can basically type questions, tell us what's up, talk to us. But you never know which of the us three you're going to get. Sometimes we write our name, but sometimes we're just, you never I'm lazy. Know. And then, <laughs> yeah, we know. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, no. Uh, and if you want to write in, give us a, v- a voicemail or just tell us what's happening in the shop, go send us an email at sodestinationpodcast at gmail.com. And then, you know, last but not least, we're going to talk a little bit about if you're listening at an Apple podcast. I just want you to stop by, give us a five star rating, and uh, tell us what you think of the podcast. And if you don't, my cat will find you, excluding one person on this podcast. And with that, Parting words, Daniel. Um, don't just own your CNC. Yes! It. I knew Love it. it. Yes. I knew it. I knew he was going to do that. Do, do, do. Mic drop. That's right. All right. Nap, what's your parting words? Uh, I really can't follow that. Daniel just I killed know, it. But hey, it's hard to follow. you never know. Make sure you take care of your friends. Make sure you take care of yourselves. Spend that time with the family or whoever is important to you. Outside of that, can I do it? Can I do it, Josh? Can I do oh, it? It's my turn. Can I do it? All right. And from NPG Creations to everyone out there, take care of yourselves and each other. Until next time, you can pick your friends. You can pick your nose, but don't pick your friend's nose. Like always, thank you for listening to Sawdust Nation Podcast. If you're listening in your car, in your kitchen, in your shop, or anywhere else, thank you for listening. Go make some sawdust. And gentlemen, this is how you do it. Sawdust Nation out.
out! Sawdust Nation, out! Sawdust Nation, out. Yeah, hey, and go to pwncnc.com and buy stuff. Seriously, if you need a if you need a dust boot, man, I just got this thing. This is how's the whiskers awesome. feel? I, you know, <laughs> <laughs> if only you could see him. <laughs> <laughs>